0: Son, Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all the ships at sea, this is Dave, and this is the Boston Podcast, Greater Boston's only daily Monday through Friday podcast that I know of. I still haven't discovered another one. Maybe I will. I've got an awesome podcaster in the studio with me today. Maybe she'll fill me in on one that <laughs> she has heard. I know she's a podcast on her own. Okay, so that's a tease because I need to tell you that this is the podcast where we tell the stories of our city th- through the voices of our city prosper in boston love boston we're spreading the love we love our city you know as even though we complain about the weather every day and it's 40 it was 40 something degrees this morning when i when i uh, woke up and was like what the hell what the hell I, I wasn't quite ready for summer to be over so it's a good thing to complain about and um and I know my guest is is waiting with, with bated breath to chime in because that's what she does. She's a talker, I'm told. Please I'm welcome. I'm waiting. I'm but, waiting
1: patiently. I know.
0: I know. I could tell it was killing <laughs> you. Did you know? And so uh, Ina Coveny is here. Did I get your name right? I hope.
1: Almost. Very, Almost. very close. I- Ina Coveney. Coveny. Coveney. Like cove.
0: Coveny. Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: I appreciated the effort, though. Yeah. <laughs> that's good.
0: Well, I got the Ena right, and that I That's thought right. that was the part I was afraid I was going to screw up. And so, you know, it's like so many things, you know, after, who knows. After yeah.
1: somebody says Ina, it is so hard to snap them out of it, so I completely right. forgive it. I totally yeah. forgive it, but nobody calls me Ina twice.
0: Well, I, you, you didn't see, but on the whiteboard behind you, I wrote the, the, what do you call that, the transliteration? I wrote E-E-N-A. Her name is actually <laughs> spelled I-N-A. So... Ina is a podcaster. She is someone who has departed the, the corporate world, which she'll tell us about. And she is a what do we say, career coach? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a corporate coach. I'm an say?
1: entrepreneurship coach for professionals, for people who work full time, who want to replace their salary so they can do whatever they want.
0: Good. Well, you can give me some advice on running this <laughs> joint over here. This, by the way, is uh, pod617.com. Our Westwood Studios is where we record from. And I do want to thank our sponsors before we go any further united states postal service second largest employer in the united states offering paid training and ways to move up apply today usps.com slash careers the united states postal service deliver for the nation we also want to thank our friends at adori that's a-d-o-r-i go to the app store and download this wicked cool podcast app it's called uh, like i said it's called adori by the way that's an anagram for radio so if you mix up the well, you know what an anagram is, you know. oh. So, And because they're inspired by the days of radio and audio. But the cool thing about the app is you can listen to podcasts, and certain podcasts, like this one, will have interactive components to it. So, for example, Ina has a podcast called Trailblazing Out of Corporate Life, right? That's correct. So if you are watching or consuming on the Adori app, you see uh ina's lovely lovely photo and a link to her podcast and you can click right now but don't do that now because you're listening to this one okay <laughs> just do it after the show all right anyways thanks to our friends at Adori go to the uh, uh app store and download the adori app so um where do we begin
1: oh there's so many places there's
0: so many places many places now, Wait. you be, you began literally in Colombia. Is that where you're from? Venezuela, actually. Ven- Very oh. close, though. Oh, man. I'm oh, sorry. Close. Were you, dis- you in Colombia recently? No. Yes, I was. All right. So give me a little credit. No, That's I, what gi- my... I give it to you. Yeah. I give it to you. Okay. But
1: people hear my name. People hear my accent. They can't place it. And I get Ukraine 90% of the time. Really? So you got the right continent. That's <laughs> a lot of credit <laughs> okay. right there to you. <laughs>
0: That's funny. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, Ukraine. I don't know. Yeah, but everybody has Russia on the brain, I guess, huh? Yeah. Or yeah. that that area of the world, yeah. So, but um, you came here. Tell yeah. Tell us when you came here, and then you yeah. you uh, descended into corporate life, and I'm I'm sure you kicked ass. But then you decided to make a move. So that's right. Tell so us a little
1: bit. First of all, I wanted to explain my connection to Boston because it happens that I go to conferences and they ask you, "Oh, where are you from?" And I'm like, Boston. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, we're a, we're a melting pot. We're the hub of the universe, right. you know.
1: Um, and they're like. Uh-huh. So I feel like I always have two answers to where you're from. I'm like right. originally from Venezuela, and I end up spending a lot of time talking about Venezuela. I haven't lived there in 22 years. Okay. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, I have to explain the accent. Right. Um, so, yeah, so I came to Boston. It was my first experience. Uh, living in the u.s in wellesley mm-hmm. um so i went to wellesley high school and y- just recently last week i went to the first birthday party of my best friend at Wellesley. wow so we wow um our 20-year reunion high school reunion is coming up in november wow. so uh, but yeah but the accent is not going anywhere so now
0: do you like reunions uh, sorry to pause you there yeah, yeah. Do, do you like do you like reunions because like, some, some people hate them some people never go I, I, do. I, I like reunions yeah tell me why
1: I don't know I don't know how this is gonna sound uh some people might not like what I'm about to say but I love going especially to my husband's reunions mm-hmm. and being like the trophy wife <laughs> <laughs> right being like hey, yeah why this, not this is how well you did that I am <laughs> in your arm right so that's what I love my own reunions uh, I don't uh, know jealousy. that may be a different story
0: can I uh, uh, if it's okay with your husband could you accompany me to my next reunion we could just just <laughs> we could pretend for the for the evening cuz i could use that as well um i i'm just i'm fascinated by them because and maybe i a little bit like you i like going back because now listen if i was you know living under a bridge and you know weighed 400 pounds or something maybe mm-hmm. i wouldn't want to go back to my reunion but right. i've always felt at every checkpoint it feels like well i am gainfully employed i have children that are lovely That's good enough. And then there's a cynical part of me that says I can't wait to go back and see, you know, which kids I hated that are now fat and unemployed. Uh, And and usually there's a couple.
1: that yeah. would probably be me. I <laughs> mean, I, I like me, like looking for like, okay, let's see which ones were mean to me, and now, yeah. like, that it's a, it's like it's a race to see whose life ends up most miserable. It's like you yeah. have you have people that you wish were winning that race. Yeah, uh, that sounds awful. No, I want to go and see everybody succeed. Yeah, is well, what I really
0: yeah, want. Yeah. Is what I want. Well, no, uh, yes, <laughs> officially, please. that's the well, official no, record. The, but the other part on the positive side, because I'm being I'm being cynical, but mm-hmm. the, on the positive side, sometimes mm. it's cool to engage with the more grown-up version of the person that mm. you thought you knew back in high school because yeah. i remember i i like in high school i was buddies with this guy don don shout out Don, don sage i think he's out in montana somewhere or something hi don Hi, don. but but anyway he was kind of a quiet kid and i i never thought he really liked me that much i, I he was i thought he was always kind of making snide jokes at my expense oh. and it's like whatever don whatever <laughs> Um When I saw him at reunion, he just had become this very thoughtful guy mm-hmm. who um had decided to live like on a farm. Again, it was out west somewhere. I don't remember. But and just he wanted to know everything about me and my family. And I'm like, Don, huh. well, how come you weren't this nice, and nice, <laughs> right. you know, but it's because it, you know that's a point in your life. I mean, do you remember what you were like when you were, you know, 15, 16, probably much different, right?
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I if i looked at my life i should be a lot more forgiving right <laughs> right to people who you know were not really that nice because i you know, part of me says, "Oh, people don't change." But then I look at myself. I'm like, "No, I have. Mm-hmm. I am a much uh, kinder, much more worldly, much more. I, I understand a lot of things, but I don't get road rage, <laughs> right? <laughs> if that's if that's a thing. Like I, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm much more understanding of other people. So that should be proof that people can change. Absolutely.
0: Right? Yeah, people can change. Like at their core, they might not change, but they're they like coming out of your shell is a real thing. Like yeah. I like I had nowhere near the confidence that I that I do now. Well I should say I had the confidence years ago and, and you know and since then you can tell the weight of the world has crushed my spirit and um, this broken man you see before <laughs> you no but seriously you you, you learn it's it, it's called learning, right? You learn right. you learn how to present yourself publicly, you learn your strengths, you learn how to play to your strengths. And right. you know back then uh, you know high school scary. I was scared. I was like uh, you know oh, yeah. the nerd from Sixteen Candles or something. Yeah. All right so <laughs> since you grew up in uh, Wellesley, I think it's right. fair to put you in the box Boston vault because you're you've been a Bostonian for plenty of time yes. and you, and I like that you're living proof that not everybody who says they're from Boston talks like Affleck and Damon right <laughs> okay she's in the vault okay kill the sound effects okay all right here we go you're in the vault so other than Boston what is your favorite uh city in? let's go U.S. let's stay continental U.S.
1: um it has to be New York Okay. I, I I have a dream of someday just owning a penthouse apartment in New York City nice. and yeah. seeing the lights. I'm all about the lights. Yeah,
0: yeah. hold the hold the Wellesley uh, High School reunion there in your the penthouse, man. <laughs> exactly. That, that kid, people get a kick out of that. So what? But um, tell me what. There's a misconception I think among people who live like far away from here that New York and Boston are similar cities. Oh, yeah. How would you, how would, how would you express the differences?
1: No, extremely different. Yeah. I, I see Boston as a small town. It really yeah. is. Like I can walk across Boston in a half an hour, right? right? Like from right. the Hatchel to South Station is a half hour walk. Right. Um so very very small town and what I encounter when people, you know, people hear that I'm from Boston, it's like, oh, it's so quaint, it's so beautiful. I'm like, yeah, I agree. It's, yeah. it's a nice small town to be part of. Um, New York City reminds me a lot more of Caracas, a lot more of, you know, when I lived uh, out in Venezuela. It's it's big, but I feel like in New York is, is uh, there's this life into. It. Everybody explains it that way, like this energy, like. Uh, so no, yeah. very different places, but I totally hear you because kids that I went to high school with in Venezuela. Um, they would come to the U.S. for that program, for an English learning program, whatever it is. And they thought the whole U.S. was the same stereotype they had in their mind. Yep. So they would come back from that experience and they're like, it was awful. I'm like, where did you go? I'm like, we were in Montana and there was nothing <laughs> around. And I'm like, did you really believe that yeah. you were going to yeah. find the city? That you were like didn't you like Google this there was no Google right. back then right. but uh, there was a whole misconception the whole US must be the same as you know when I go to Miami for right. you know, vacation that kind of thing yeah. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah what did you think it was going to be like when you came here
1: um, I had already been here many times to Florida, especially. I also have a dream of owning a house in Florida. Uh, <laughs> that's, where, that's where we went with my family. It was a very, very close commute. To, I'm making uh, a list place.
0: here. You know, we got the <laughs> penthouse in New York and the... The, the what, what are house we in Florida. Miami Beach or... St. Augustine. St. Augustine. Okay, oh, I've yeah. never been.
1: It's north of... Fort Lauderdale, and Fort Lauderdale is where we used to go and go shop on a shopping spree <laughs> with my mother, basically for yeah. one week every year. Nice. Uh, so I thought it was going to be like Florida, like well, in Fort Lauderdale, Fort, La- Fort Lauderdale, everything is flat, right? right? There's no mountains. Right. So that's kind of what I had in mind. So Boston was very different. It's all hilly and it's colder, and it's and I fell in love with it. Like when I came. Um, I came because my father went to MIT. He was mm-hmm. the, he was in the Sloan program, which is a one-year executive MIT wow. uh, executive MBA program. And um,
0: in, and your dad still work around here? Or?
1: Uh, he's actually about to move to Plymouth. He just closed on a house in Plymouth. All right. He works for oil and gas in New Jersey right okay. now. Um, so he's about to retire. He's wonderful. He's gonna be around here. So. Cool. But yeah. So when the program finished, we were supposed to go back to Venezuela, and I'm like. Like my claws on the ground. <laughs> I don't want to leave. Right. So I'm if I didn't live in Boston right now, I'd be doing everything I can to come back and live here. This is my home base. Yeah, you know, home is anywhere you can drive around without a GPS. So if you Boston. <laughs> right,
0: right. And by the way, certain places in Boston don't try driving with the GPS. You ever tried driving with a GPS through like the north end? It The north it, end. It com- shuts off. Right. It completely <laughs> confuses ways. It's the one place where ways will fail. So yeah. just uh, follow your nose or, you know, follow your follow the smell of the cannoli and the, and the uh, pasta primavera. Yeah. Um, how would you characterize Boston people? For, now, you do a fair amount of traveling. I say I, yeah. I, I, I follow some of your exploits on um, Facebook. You get a lot of conferences and stuff. How would you characterize uh, is there a Boston personality that is different yes. than other places in the country? Yes. Tell us and, what it is.
1: And I'm going to say that I, I love it. Other, especially Latin Americans, may disagree with me. Because in Latin America, we're very, very warm. Like, I meet you. I'm going to give you a hug. Yeah. You're immediately my brother. Right. We speak to each other, you know, five inches away from each other's faces. <laughs> right? There's there's no space. Yeah. Right? I'm um, in I, each other's business. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Something that I actually really appreciate of coming to Boston is that you do have kind of like a, a privacy bubble yep. right um, and that's kind of how I call it you go on the train you're not expecting people to come and talk to you and ask you what you're reading about and what Right? Like you actually like it's almost like you you have a privacy cone around you Yeah. but once you get to know people right like yep. those are those become such strong friendships like, like all of my friends are from the Boston yeah. area yep. and we've been friends for 20 years and it doesn't matter if we haven't talked in three months or six months you go back and you talk to them, it's like no time yeah. has passed by. So, like, Boston people, they're they're very caring people. Um, but also that that privacy that is, is very, very different from Latin American culture, mm-hmm. I have learned to grow and love and appreciate.
0: Really? That. Yeah. yeah. It, it's it it uh, Like a lot of things in Boston, there's a weird dichotomy. Like, people think that because of all of our uh, wicked smart universities here that we're... Um, liberal minded and progressive and you know John F Kennedy and all that and so we're like and we are and we're the first state to uh, to welcome same sex marriage mm-hmm. to our community Ooh. yep um I knew the uh the judge that wrote that decision oh, yeah Mark wow. Marshall Mar- right. she's one of my heroes yeah but anyway but then there's also this weird sort of puritanical thinking where it was only it was probably b- before your time, but it was—it wasn't that long ago that like we didn't allow sale of liquor on Sundays, mm-hmm. and like you know the bars close early, and yeah, you know, know and and um, so there's there's like it's a weird mix of snootiness, and I think that's the privacy thing. It's like well you know don't get too close to me, bro. But then yeah. but like when once you know your your friends, and I think it can be a very warm place. You it know? really is. Yeah. It really is.
1: Like I. I'm telling you I wanted to come back I did not want to leave I after uh, spending junior year in Wellesley High School we had to go back to Venezuela and my parents made a deal with me they're like okay you can go back to an American school so you can finish 12th grade and mm-hmm. you can apply for colleges here mm-hmm. so we still kept like a, a plan B my parents were like what if it doesn't work out so <laughs> I, right. w- I went and I got like my quote unquote GED on Venus- the Venezuelan system I applied to okay. Venezuelan universities but at the same time I applied to Five colleges around here. I think I got into all of them except for one. Sure. Um off. and oh, <laughs> show Did I say that a lot. But my first my first choice was UMass Amherst. Really? That was my first choice and my safety school. And yeah. when I got in, I'm like, that's it. That's where I'm going.
0: So you went to UMass?
1: I went to UMass. Mm. Go go man I yeah. know. That's or I met my husband. That's where I met like So what So now. uh
0: what I was about to say why. By the way, my parents and my brother both went to they all went to UMass. Yeah. So um I'm a big fan, but but why UMass? Just because yeah. that was the? Did you just kind of dig the the culture there when you're on campus and all that kind of business?
1: Couple things. So yeah. I went to visit it with a friend of mine, and when like she and I went on tour a lot. Actually, she's the one that had the baby that I went to see last week. Oh, cool. Same friend. <laughs> uh, we went to tour colleges together, and she really wanted more of a city feel. But when we went to see UMass, uh, you know, on the way there, like through like Hadley, through <laughs> Pelham, like all, yeah, and you, all see and yep. you see the cows and you see the and I fell in love with it i'm like i've been in a city all my life yeah. and then you go to this campus that is completely open it has its own zip code right yep. like a separate remembrance yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. um it you know the library i've always been in love with like libraries it's like uh, like plenty of knowledge in one building i love that love the pond like i fell in love with the whole uh really like free <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know, like open very green open air open space, and yeah exactly
0: by the way, for the millennials listening, a library is this place we used to go <laughs> to, like, check out books and read books. And and they wouldn't even get that. Like, you could go to this day. Of course, they're still around. You right. could go... And check out like a, I was about to say DVD. All right, for millennials, here's what a DVD <laughs> is: it's a disc that you put into a machine, we're you be watch it. I know, but uh, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, um, yeah. So, so that's cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So when when we were visiting colleges together, we started I started ranking them in terms of how many cows it had. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this school is more like four cows because it does have some green area, you know, but not quite like UMass, and nothing compared to UMass. Yeah. And the second reason was um, I really wanted to study technology. I wanted to go to school for computer science. And they didn't have the top computer science ranked undergraduate program in the country, but they had one of the top graduate computer science programs in the country. So I'm like, it's the same department. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, that's uh, that sounds great. Right. So that's where I went.
0: By the way, the, the I like your cow scale. I want I want to <laughs> uh, adopt that because on the one end, of the, so so Amherst was was you want to Amherst was five cows. Five cows. Five cows. And then on the other end is would be like BU, which would be don't have a cow. That's like Thank you. Thank you very much. Nice. Um, nice. <laughs> the run up to that maybe wasn't worth it. Uh, so so okay. So you so you you go to UMass yeah. and um And what's next? What's What's next Next? in the Enos story? Yeah.
1: Computer science. Right. Right. Um, I fell in love with it. I did not do well in my gen eds. Mm -hmm. Like, forget about it. But once computer science hit and I was really hitting that curriculum, that's really where I excelled. I loved programming, it was like playing a game. Mm -hmm. Right. Then I got into the job market. Uh, This was 2003, right after 9-11. Companies have stopped giving uh, international visas, right? International work visas. Um, And I'm here like, okay, what am I going to do? I'm applying. I applied for life. 32 jobs at IBM for Mm. software engineer. I did not hear back from a single one. Then there's
0: someone at IBM right now telling the story. There was this woman. She applied to 32 different jobs here. You
1: don't understand. I (laughs) was like really working the internet to find exact contacts, and I found the contact of someone who was down the hall from the HR hiring manager. And I called him like, hey, can you transfer me to that person? (laughs) And I'm like, no. Right. (laughs) Like I was working and it did not work out. Then by total chance, uh, General Electric got a hold of my resume. Mm -hmm. And this was the only job that I got offered out of college. I went on an internship in Oregon and it was all about project management. Mm -hmm. So I'm here thinking and I remember after getting the job, I'm out of college, I'm two months in, I'm living in Connecticut with my one-bedroom apartment and paying my rent and everything seems fine. And I'm calling my mother and I'm like, this is not what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I wanted to program. And my mother is like, can you please just stay through the program? It was an entry-level, <laughs> like, two-year program. Yeah. Can you please stay through it? At least you have something on your resume and you can move on. But at that point, like, it felt impossible to get another company to sponsor me for a visa because 9-11 had just happened. It was so fresh in people's minds. So I'm like, okay, then I need to stay. So I always had what I thought was a really good reason to stay in the job that I had, right? Uh, Either... You know, they were sponsoring me for a visa, or because uh, they were gonna give me a green card, and I didn't want to leave yet until they did, or they started paying for my MBA, free and clear. Sheesh. but there, there was always makes a it visa. hard to
0: leave. Yeah. Very Course. hard to leave. Yeah.
1: So eight years later, I'm finally graduated from my MBA. I am married, uh, so I have a green card. I don't need a company. Yes. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm a citizen now. I'm like I'm oh, yeah. seven years old in citizenship years. Um, so I you don't look a
0: day over nine and a half. Oh, thank so you.
1: Thank <laughs> you Whatever that. Don't that means. Like think yeah. of it as dog ears. Yes. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So what so you
0: you did you got your citizenship? I'm doing the math here after yeah. no, well after 9/11. Yeah. Um, 2012. And, my and you, uh, it was not a chore for you. I don't know, I guess... With what's going on in the news, I feel that I need yeah. to ask the obligatory please. immigration law questions. Yes, but, please go ahead. But so it was not a problem for you because you were married, or because you were employed, or because you had been here long enough?
1: Uh, well, once uh, marriage is really a very, very easy way to get a green card. Now, if it's true love and like you really want to, because uh, there's in, an interview process, they want to see your wedding album, they want to see like all of these things. Make sure. This is oh, a legitimate,
0: I saw the movie right? Green Card with Gerald right. right. Depardieu. <laughs> you
1: know what it's? Oh, like? which
0: is the dumbest <laughs> thing. (laughs) Because what you said about the photo album, if you haven't seen the movie, don't. Uh, Well, in my opinion, I didn't love it, but whatever. The French I
1: liked it. Did you like it? Well,
0: it probably had a little bit more meaningfulness (laughs) to you. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But Gerald DiPerdue and Andy McDowell are the two leads, and they're, they're not a couple, but they, for some reason, I remember, form a friendship so that you can pretend. That they're getting married or married? They or, actually
1: get married. They do get so married. He can get a green card and she right. can keep her greenhouse. I have no idea what <laughs> having a green... Why the United States will prevent Andy McDowell from having a greenhouse <laughs> in an apartment unless she's married. I really don't know. Right. But there that were was a plot.
0: There were a few problems with the script. But, <laughs> but, but, then, but then knowing that... He needed to show that they were married. He's like, well, we need a photo album. Yeah. But what he does was he takes one of those Polaroid Instamatics, which don't exa- Actually, I heard they might be making a comeback, but oh. it was those cameras where you hit the button and the photo would vroom, pop out immediately, yeah. you know, and then you used to shake it, you know, right. shake it, you like, a it like a Polaroid it right. picture. There you go. That's where yeah. that comes from. And. So, he took about, you know, a dozen pictures of him ar- on the same day, probably wearing the same thing, like, yeah. all around. He was like, here's me doing the handyman stuff, and here's me. I'm not doing a good French accent. Okay. Well,
1: sorry, was, the that, the was, handyman that was that an <laughs> attempt? No, this, yes.
0: this, this, this is an attempt. No, I can't do it. <laughs> French is hard, man. You, you just put the Zs and everything. Yeah. Here's me doing the handyman stuff. That's not what he sounds like. No. Um, and they and then, and of course the INS they they buy it um, or, yeah. or whatever agency it is and uh, the one thing that trips them up is they remember what trips them up?
1: Uh, they asked them.
0: Spoiler alert.
1: They I think they asked them both the same question. Right. And he messes it up. Right. And then that's I, I forget what the question was. I yeah, was the, I
0: think the question was what kind of hand lotion does oh, your wife use, yeah. and which
1: which. Oh. Go ahead.
0: I yeah, remember, go ahead. I remember now. <laughs> go ahead. So, yeah, so
1: they ask him like, it's like a face cream or something, yeah. and he says, "Oh, I always forget this." Yes. One. Wow. Like
0: very good, Ina. You know, very good. That's exactly I, what I, happens. I, yeah. I, I so that, though. right. So it wasn't so much that the um, the that he got the question wrong. It was that he said, "I always." Get that one wrong, right? And so, um, so it's not so much that he didn't know the name of the lotion, but right. as you exactly said, he said, "I always get that one wrong." Again, bad accent, sorry. Yeah. But <laughs> and, and so, and then the guy looks up at him and goes, like, "You got the rest of the questions right." Yeah. And, Im- and he's like, oh, in-
1: "It wasn't her fault, right? Like, this was all me." Like, and they end up in love in the end, which is yeah. Like then the of course, and, uh, yeah,
0: friggin' predictable. Yeah,
1: so it wasn't like that for me. Like, there's right. nobody like prying in my home and checking out where I live and making sure that we actually have a life together. Well, you do
0: take a test, right? Like you, you... Ta-
1: you take a test and you, um, you, show, you go in for a couple of interviews. Right. right. There's just, just a whole process. I think it took six months from the moment we applied until the moment that it happened. And I got, so I got, you'll get a kick out of this. So I got sworn in at Faneuil Hall. Uh, by this point, my husband and I have a son, right? He's right. a little over a year old. And because my family's not around here, at the time I think they were living in Texas, uh, my husband's parents came down to see the ceremony. So it was very nice. You know, So I get out of the ceremony. I'm a citizen now. They give me a hug, a congratulations. I kiss my baby. And then I turn to my husband and I shake his hand. Nice doing business with you. <laughs> and my in-laws, my in-laws' face was priceless. <laughs> They're like, ha ha ha. That, that's funny. You, right? act,
0: you actually had him going for a minute? Oh
1: my god. <laughs> They're like, ah!
0: That is awesome. Everything that is fine, is guys. Awesome.
1: We're still married. We've spawned another <laughs> child, so life is good. Okay.
0: Very cool. Yeah. So you got two little ones, it sounds like. Yeah.
1: So. One is eight years old, and the other yeah. one is
0: two. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, um,. I just realized that uh, Ian is still in the Boston vault, but you talked me in circles. It's not my fault. So (laughs) we'll ask you one more Boston question, and then we'll let you. So just, uh, we'll give you a softball. Just what, um, give us a spot in Boston that you love, and it could be anything, restaurant, museum, park, or anything like that.
1: You know what? I came prepared to answer what my favorite restaurant was, and I'm going to tell you what that is anyway. Okay. But uh, my favorite spot. We'll take both. We'll take both. My favorite spot in Boston um, it has to be like on Memorial Drive, looking at Back Bay. Oh, okay. I have taken so many pictures just looking that way and going up and down the Salt and Pepper Shaker.
0: Right, right, um, right. Bridge. Yep. Sure. Um
1: I love that, like those spots anywhere where I can see Back Bay clearly. And now there's a third building. In Back Bay, have you seen how the skyline changed? No. Yes, you. Everybody. I was has just getting
0: that. used to the R2D2 building, <laughs> the one. You know which one I mean? Yeah. 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 By the way, we can't accept. Place. We can't accept your previous answer because technically, you'd be standing in Cambridge if you were looking across.
1: Oh, this is true. Eh, it's all right. We'll this give is it. True. it to let, we'll let it go. So this what? No. True. What is
0: this? What is this other new building? I don't.
1: Yeah. Look at the new skyline in Back Bay. It's not just the Hancock and the Prue anymore. There's a third building, like to the. I, I didn't guess, get the memo. On this. west of the brew. Okay. So if you're looking at it from Cambridge, it looks like there's another building to the right of the brew. Mm-hmm. And it's throwing me off, <laughs> and I I don't know how I feel about this because <laughs> that view is my view of Boston.
0: This is not my city. Um, right. Is that one of them? Well, we're looking. This is good podcasting here. we were looking at some looking of the images. The is that that? It says Back Bay know. Station Towers Whoa. gets new. That might know. be it. There's one. Well, if that's it, that's it's very. Um, uh, what do you call it? Avant-garde, I guess. It's a pointy building.
1: I'm all for new buildings. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Just don't mess with my. Yeah, you know, okay. Now we're looking Is at that it. it.
0: The third largest building coming to Boston. We're looking at the headline and it's um, this is Prue, that's that's John Hancock and then... No, no, no,
1: no, that's not John... That's the new building. That's a new building. Come on. What the the hell? That's what I'm saying. I
0: I, I didn't get the vote on this. Look at that. 58-story Back Bay Tower. So it's already up?
1: It's already up. It's already there. Holy moly. Go check it out.
0: Boston Redevelopment Authority voted its approval for the construction of a 50... Sheesh.
1: Yeah. And That's from 2013. Right, right, right. So it's
0: uh, now we now we know it's up. So it's um and it do we know it's just an office building or is it residential? We don't know. Yeah, no idea. Go check this out.
1: I like tall
0: buildings. Have you ever been to the top of the John Hancock? I have actually.
1: For um, at the top of the brew, I took my husband there to uh, top of the hub for dinner one time. Oh, and by the way. It's a funny story. Okay. It's, it's related to Boston. Okay, that's cool. At the top of the brew, I don't know if it's still there, but yep. as of last year, there was a big screen. It was kind of like a, a photography gallery type mm-hmm. of thing where you would have the map of the world and if you clicked on any country in the world it would show you the picture of a Bostonian you know from that country oh I see if you click on Venezuela you will see my face come on that's right
0: I love it yeah I gotta go do that right now
1: yeah that, <laughs> I'm, I'm, my face is on the potential building
0: and they asked you did they have did that happen like this did they is happen?
1: I had a podcast back in 2012 where I was interviewing entrepreneurs and one person who wanted to be interviewed was a photographer so he came to my basement and we recorded it and he told me he was doing this spread this you know stories of Boston from different countries so he took my picture I thought it, I think it was on display on a gallery in Cambridge at some point Mm -hmm. He always lets me know where it's being displayed but I had no idea that it was going to make it to here. That's so funny. Do you know who told me? And this brings it back full circle. A guy that I went to high school with in Venezuela really he was visiting he clicked on Venezuela because he was curious and he saw my face he must have freaked out yeah I'm like what so going back to the circle so yeah
0: world's a small place I know but as Stephen Wright says I wouldn't want to paint it Uh, (laughs) we're gonna let you out of the vault we think you did very well Um, so uh, congratulations thank
1: you Um, I'm honored
0: there are some people still stuck in the vault you know they may never return (laughs) Um. All right, so let's talk um, in the time remaining about all the stuff you got going on now. You oh, left yeah. you left the, the, the corporate life. You yes. um, you're doing the coaching bit now. Yes. Can we talk about the podcast? Of course. Um so not only do you have a podcast called Trailblazing Out of Corporate Life, and you mm-hmm. can find that I take it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. Anywhere,
1: yeah, anywhere. Yep. If you just take my name and slap a subscribe at the end of it, InaCoviny.com slash subscribe will take you. At all the places where you can listen.
0: And lest uh we get it wrong, uh her name is spelled I N A Ina, not Ina. She doesn't like that, That's so right. get it right but, That's right. but if you're typing it in, I guess it doesn't matter. So yeah. Ina. <laughs> and then her last name, uh Coveny, is spelled C O V E N E Y. Don't yeah. forget the, don't forget the E Y at the end. Don't right. forget
1: you know it. Yeah. Don't forget the E Y. Yeah,
0: well yeah, right. you got it. this is the in the audio world you gotta remember to spell these things. That's yeah. what I tell all my podcasters. It's like yeah. it's some people will do stuff like they'll be looking at something on their screen and they'll go look at that, and I'll that go, at yeah excuse me they can't <laughs> see what you're doing and if you just Point. if you and if the, they need to go to a url you got to spell it out for them sometimes that's right um okay so the the podcast is called trailblazing out of corporate life what's yeah. what kind of stuff do you talk about on the pod
1: i love getting anybody who is working full-time who has the feeling that this is not it for them because my podcast is not just for everybody, right? I have met a lot of lovely people who actually, as soon as I tell them what I do, oh, I help people get out of corporate and start a side business, they immediately get defensive. Well, I'm happy in my job. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's great. Yep. That's yep. wonderful. I want people who are not happy to be happy. Right. So basically, this is a podcast for them. It helps you. Well, I ta- I like to talk about mindset. I like mm-hmm. to talk about what it takes to actually quit your job because it took me 15 years. And I just told you the story of how three days into my first job, I already knew that's not what I wanted to do. Right. So it does take that long. It yeah. takes a long to figure out what is it that you would do instead. And it gets it's so hard to wrap your head around making equal or more money than your current job, doing something that you actually like to
0: do—that's the—that's the thing. That's what prevents yeah. most people because yeah. they imagine, even if they start to get serious and start to do a little research about this other thing. Yeah, yeah, it is hard. It's 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 life isn't fair. I mean, you can't you can't yeah. just like well, I want to be a school teacher, except that you know I earn you know one hundred and fifty grand at this corporation. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, guess what? School teacher makes, you know, 47 grand or whatever it is. I don't know, hopefully more than that. But, but, and yet, so what do you say to that person?
1: Yeah, so first of all, I would say if you're jumping from one profession to another profession, my podcast is not for you. My podcast is for the person who wants to go independent, who understands that if they do their own thing, the income cap just disappears. The Mm. sky is the limit. Mm. But it's so hard to think of, you know, and I have this like magic power, right mm-hmm. where if you give me anything any hobby i can tell you how to turn it into something that could replace your salary so somebody came up to me and they're like so you know what if somebody comes to you and they they give you a terrible business idea like right. they want to be a dog medium right yep. would you like continue to tell them that it's okay for them to want to be a dog medium and right. i'm like who am i to tell them that they're not the next Oprah yeah. of dog <laughs> mediums. Do <laughs> right. you have any idea how many people out there believe in mediums and just lost yep. their loving dog and right. would love to talk to their dogs via yeah. medium? Like, there's a market for pretty much anything. Now, it may be small markets or maybe big markets, but there's a market for pretty much anything. So it's a matter of knowing that that is your passion, that that is what you want to do, and speak about it passionately, Mm -hmm. you will attract the kind of people who would pay for you to do that. So you can take basically anything that you like, even if it's like crocheting, Mm -hmm. right? And I could tell you how to turn that into a business that could replace your salary. And I feel like that's where most people just kind of hit the wall. It's like, well, nobody's going to pay me to just make little hats all day long, Right. right? I'm like, well, probably not. But there's many other ways to speak about crocheting online, right, Right. to attract an audience, to sell a product that can be a passive income product, right, to sell a one-on-one experience, to sell a group experience. There are so many ways to monetize that thing that you like, but a lot of people just get stopped at the first most obvious response, which is, I like crocheting, but nobody's gonna pay me for crocheting every day. So I'm like, well, don't stop there. Why are you stopping there?
0: Yeah, that's that's genius you could do and these days there are so many different ways you could do it you could teach crocheting classes you could you could make videos and that either use that either to to promote like your products or you know or sell a video series on that yeah um you know you could write a book you could write a book and then you could you launch your launch a podcast talking about crocheting yeah it's funny i use crocheting sometimes as an example because well because um, when people ask me about like what are successful podcasts, it, it, or when you ask anybody, people are mm-hmm. like, oh, I like you know the comedy podcast, I like the true crime pod- podcast. But if you wanted to launch, uh, you know, a true crime podcast, it, it's or some or about sports. I want to do a podcast about sports. Well, okay, there were a zillion podcasts about sports. If you want to land a niche audience, and podcasting is made for niche audiences mm-hmm. because. That you you have to engage, you have to. It, it takes investment, right? Like, yeah. and you probably know some of this. You know, like 80 percent right. of people who click on a podcast will listen to all or most of it because they're invested. They pick that thing. Right. So if they're into like Star Trek or they're they're into you know crocheting, mm-hmm. they and you launch a good podcast about crocheting, you've got a wrapped audience. We podcast, right. we produce a podcast here. Um, Called Monsterland, which is all about the paranormal. Now, mm-hmm. now, I don't necessarily believe in Bigfoot and UFOs and all that <laughs> stuff, but it's, it is a very interesting show. Yeah. And they have um, a pretty big audience, probably the biggest audience of any anybody on our network. And yeah. it's because if you're into that, you're into that. So. Exactly. So, yeah, this person, you know, do the like tap into that audience, and all of a sudden, before you know it, you're doing what you love, right?
1: Right. And right. the next thing that people get hung up on, and you mentioned just a little bit of this, is about market saturation. Yeah. Right. So, this is actually one of the things that I'm about to teach a class in my own Facebook group um, right. about how to start a business in a saturated market. And the truth is that, think about it this way. What I do, I'm a business coach, right? Mm-hmm. There are so many business coaches out there, Yeah, there are. right? You yeah. know how many there are? There are thousands of people doing exactly what I do. Yep. But how many people in my life, right, in my corporate life, in my family are actually aware of any of them? Right. Right. Like this is not a world that my family and friends and coworkers are even aware of, which shows you right there that even though you think, oh, because there's thousands of people doing what I do, that doesn't mean that there aren't still billions of people in the world who have never heard of that thing. So the market is plenty big. So what you have to figure out, what is your unique identifier? Right. Like you need differentiator. And usually that ties with your story. Right. I c- we could have another business coach right here and they'll have a completely different path. Right. Right? And they yep. came from a completely different place. But I'm here telling you that I got out of corporate, that I always knew that I wanted to do something else that I believe it's possible. And you may resonate with my message better than theirs. Mm-hmm. So, But there isn't real competition. The same person who's listening to me may want to follow that other person to see what other tips they have. So competition is just basically, it's, it's, uh, for me, in my world, it's like a fiction. People mm-hmm. who like me are going to stick with me even if they listen to other people.
0: but do people come to you with the idea that they want to start a, uh, their own entrepreneurship or maybe do they come to you saying you're I'm um, dissatisfied with what I'm doing and you're the one who kind of shows them the path to entrepreneurship
1: It depends yeah. a, a lot of thi- a lot of what I do is I have kind of like what is called like a sales funnel right mm-hmm. So at the top of the funnel you have people who just became aware of me, that this is a this, this is a thing. Right. These are not the people who are going to come and reach out and want to set up a phone call with me. Right. These are people who just kind of like lurk, right? <laughs> They're lurkers. Just, right? Yeah, there are lurkers out there. Yeah. They're going to join the Facebook group. They're never going to interact, but they think that the material is interesting enough. And at right. some point, I'll say something interesting enough that they'll be like, okay, I think this is my time. Right. So by the time that they come and talk to me, they tell me, I know that I'm meant for something else. I know what I would like to do, but I have no idea where to start. Or I've already tried to start for three years and nothing is happening. Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid that if I don't do something different now and I invest in this now, it's just never going to happen. I've had people who signed signed to work with me. Like Mm -hmm. I give them two options. Like you pay in full or you have a payment plan. right? Right. And you have until Friday to do this. So this person was texting me on Friday saying I'm still waiting to transfer some funds into my bank account so I can pay you in full and I didn't see that message until a couple hours later so I sent her a message back I'm like hey just wait until Monday Mm -hmm. like it's okay yeah Yeah. just wait until Monday to pay And she's like nope I just did it I just took advantage of the payment plan because I did have that much in my account I just needed to do this because I knew that if I waited through the weekend I would just back out so I'm just gonna do it now so people who are ready to do it they just want to do it now
0: Wow. And and uh, that person went on to success. That person was actually Oprah, actually, wasn't it? It was, she was, she no, wanted, she was Oprah. She, she needed to be talked into a, a talk show. Yeah. No. Actually, she was you know, a the, great client. T- <laughs> yeah. She, I'm sure she was just fabulous. Very fun. Um, I have more questions. We still have a little time remaining yeah. with Ina, but I do need to tell you about the U.S. Postal Service, the second largest employer in the United States, offering paid training and ways to move up. Apply today at usps.com slash careers. From Mill Callier. Calliers for male calliers for male, male colliers they have uh, collies dogs that actually carry the mail these days no uh, and uh, Ina, uh even though um, we're fellow podcasters, I hope you'll admit none of us are perfect and I don't think I've ever made it through this live read without flubbing at least once so a little peek behind the curtain there. Uh, The USPS works together to provide efficient, affordable service to the American public. The workers are the backbone of its service, and the USPS wants to develop an advanced career so its development programs train and prepare employees for promotions and growth in a variety of business areas. Everything you need to know is online, usps.com slash careers, and it's the policy of the Postal Service to provide equal employment opportunity and prevent employment discrimination. The Postal Service seeks to attract and retain a diverse workforce in which employees respect and value each other's differences and work to promote collaboration, flexibility, and fairness so that all employees are able to participate and contribute to the full potential. Apply today. Website, once again, usps.com slash careers. United States Postal Service. Deliver for the nation, the proud nation of which you are a citizen, Ina, as of 2000 and, uh, wait, hold on, let me guess, uh, 12. That's right. All right. Yes. Point for Dave. (laughs) Yeah. so Okay, so I'm going to challenge you here. Yep. So let's say I come to you and I say I'm, I'm a I'm – <laughs> you talk with your hands, and I wish everyone could see. She's getting ready. She's, Tell me. She's summoning all of her powers. That's, Give it that's, to me. Okay. So I'm a corporate executive, and I'm bored, and I've been here for 15 years at some nondescript company. And I don't even know what I like. You know what I like? I like going out and singing karaoke and having a good time. That's what I like doing. I'm never happier when I'm you know, picking a song or telling my friend what song to pick. But I can't do that for a living, obviously. I don't, I'm not that good a singer, right? Any ideas?
1: Okay. Have you ever <laughs> heard of William Hung?
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, I have. Yes, I have. Uh, he
1: managed to monetize his appearance on American Idol yeah. way beyond his appearance on American Idol. This is what you do. Uh, first of all, you will become a karaoke DJ. Mm. Karaoke DJs are notorious for taking time in the spotlight to sing their songs during the sets. I've okay? seen that, yes. All right? Mm-hmm. So, first of all, you get to scratch that itch there. Okay. Right. But it doesn't stop there. It's not like, oh, I like to... Blah blah. No, no. It doesn't stop there. You get your DJing, you take some classes, you invest in some coaching, right? Somebody's going to tell you how to turn that into a business. You're going to take that and start offering different kinds of deals, okay, at different tiers, okay? You're going to be doing parties, okay? You're going to be doing corporate sponsorships, right, like corporate events. You're going to be doing, uh, you know, selling books, like writing books on how to do karaoke, Mm. right? You're going to have a website where karaoke aficionados are going to go and they're going to download a freebie that is going to tell them, hey, you want to be really good at karaoke? These are the things that the really good singers will never tell you. Wow. So that's what you do. Uh, What you want to do, go to conferences about DJ equipment, about DJs, about like go and embed yourself into that community and see how they are making money and how they are monetizing it. What you want to aim for is to be at the top of the game. You want to be an authority in this. You're going to be going out there and getting publicity, talking to people like Dave yeah. at the Podcast Network right. to tell them about, hey, I have this amazing karaoke uh, system mm-hmm. that you can hire for your parties and this is like large scale, right? Um, you're also going to turn around and teach other new karaoke DJs who love and <laughs> how they can do this, which equipment is the best, and you're going to put affiliate links on that equipment so that you can get a kickback every time that you recommend karaoke equipment. Right. All right? You're going to invest in some voice lessons for yourself because you want people to go and hire you because they heard you singing the other day and they're like, oh, my God, he is amazing. You want to get yourself a personality so that people find your events I super think I'm fun. actually going to do this. Right? So... <laughs> There are so many ways to take something that you just like and turn it into a business. But it takes that grit, right? If you just like to sing karaoke, I tell everyone, it's okay to have a hobby. You don't have to monetize everything that you do. No, you you don't have to. Right. right? So this is only for people who are like, you know what? This is, the, this is what I want to do with my life. These are the kinds of people that I want to associate with in my life. I want to be around bar owners and karaoke goers. And like Those are my people. Yeah. I would get so filled with energy hanging out with them all day rather than being at my job in my cubicle. Right. So there's got to be some passion behind it and some grit because starting a business is hard. Mm. I hope I'm not making it sound easy. This is the takes time. This yep. takes a lot of investment well, but, in, back into the business right.
0: but what you just did is really remarkable uh brainstorming on on ways to do it because some people can't even see the path to get started right. but I appreciate what you say because it's it's so true you know I thought about this business for years before I actually did it yeah uh, the doing is the part that you know no one no one can make you do it you know right, right? and you, sh- you can show them the path but yeah. That's you, what you just did is an amazing example of how, with a little bit of creative uh, brainstorming, you can see a path that you can do it. And and that I presume that's how you get people from the well. I'm making one hundred and fifty thousand a year. There's no way I can immediately step into something that pays me that much. Well, maybe not overnight, but mm-hmm. there's a, there's a path. Right? And
1: for people, what I tell them is, you know. I could just come here and write out a whole PDF to tell you, okay, you want to start a business and replace your salary doing that thing. I'll tell you the ABC and the one, two, three, go do it. But very few people will actually do it. So I tell people like, okay, where do you get the motivation? Is the next question. How Mm -hmm. do I motivate myself to actually follow through this plan? You gotta have a vision, right? You gotta know where you're trying to get at. Mm -hmm. If you if your vision keeps you small. Right. If you keep thinking, well, I'm just going to I just want to do this on the side because I like it because, you know, it's never going to replace my salary anyway. So I may not charge sometimes. If that's your mentality, then good luck replacing your salary. If you think about tripling your salary, then the ideas start pouring in Mm. and you start to see opportunities everywhere. So where do you find motivation is from having a bigger vision than you've ever had. Right. This is not a hobby anymore. This is going to be your livelihood.
0: Mm. I'm convinced. Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up. Um, so before we go, we got just a couple of sex left here. But um, you, we've talked about the podcast. We've talked about what you do. You teach podcast classes, which is what a lot of people are going to want to know about that. Oh, cause, yeah. cause we could, and and uh, before the show, Ian and I were scheming ways we can work together. So you'll have to stay tuned on that. We yes. don't we don't have a plan yet. But we don't offer classes here yet at pod617.com. But that's coming within uh, before you know it. Before you know yeah. it. So tell us about that, and and um, you, all different topics. I noticed, you know, how to make your show binge worthy. How do? You, by the way, the advice you gave about the karaoke guy is the yeah. same advice you followed with the podcasting. Yes, in other words, don't just do a podcast; teach podcasting.
1: Right. Right. I think you
0: might be a genius. I'm just oh, saying. P- <laughs> so. Oh, but tell us, yeah, tell us about the classes.
1: So okay, so I founded podcastingclassesinboston.com. dot com. Right. If you go there, that basically takes you straight to the schedule where I teach a series of four classes. And you know, if we want to make this podcast evergreen, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm sure I will add different classes at some point. There'll but right more, yeah. now, we have podcasting for beginners. That's my favorite class to teach because we actually record and publish a podcast episode in the class. Oh, cool. So if you want to see like our past episodes, you know, like they're rough. They're meant to be like to teach people how to put them together. Yep. But there is a podcast out there called Podcasting for Beginners with Ina Coveney. Oh, cool. And that's where we publish our what a podcast great for idea. Beginners classes. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, so that's my favorite class. Then we have... How to create a binge-worthy podcast. So this is after like, okay, I got a podcast. I don't want to drop it after three episodes because nobody's listening. I want to know what the right things to do are so that I can create that audience. So I teach you how to do that. Then how to launch your podcast with a bang. So launching is not just for new podcasts by the way if you have a podcast and it's just been dormant it's just like it's not getting a lot of traction all of these lessons for launching are still going to apply to you mm-hmm. so I teach you how to do that how to get the word out and the last one is how to sell a product or service through your podcast because mm-hmm. um, so a lot of people they want to do this to replace their salary or to make money with it okay this is a monetization class so yeah, I, I love doing these classes. I'm kind of doing them all over. So go and find a town that is near you. Go, go sign up for the classes. And yeah, maybe sometime, someday we can do something together. Oh, right we the will. Podcast Network. I'll,
0: figure, I'll figure out a way yeah. for us to band forces. Because we don't do that yet. You do something we're not doing, and so there's got to be something there. Yeah, uh, yeah so podcastingclassesinboston.com is where you go. And yep. sign up. Yeah, I'm gonna li- I am gonna. want to listen to some of those beginner ones. It must be funny. <laughs> um, this is a microphone. Talk into it. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, I always tell people um, start your podcast if you're enthusiastic about it, and please don't mm-hmm. stress over how great or how terrible the first episode is because mm-hmm. all, all the veteran podcasters will tell you, go. yeah, go back and listen to past episodes, mm, except for season one. It's really not the greatest. Right. I mean, well, you, you get better. Like anything else, you get better as you go on. Yeah,
1: right. if I can give everybody a tip right now that I tell everyone, Allow yourself the first 10 episodes for experimenting, experimenting with your format. Because if you think, like I said, you have to have a big vision, right? It's not like, let me try it out and see if it works. And if it doesn't, then I'll just drop it. It's like, no, have a big vision. Have the 100-episode vision. So the first 10 episodes will be nothing. It will be for you to play with, play with the format, play with what you want to say, and allow yourself that space. Yeah, have
0: a vision, but make your plan changeable, I think. Because a lot of people come in with all these kind of notes and everything, and then they sit down and then... They try to do what they thought they were gonna do in in that first episode, and all of a sudden, they're like, and they'll ask me what I think, and I'm like, yeah. it sounded like you were just reading stuff like off a of script, and right. it wasn't like y- your personality didn't come out, and they'll get all deflated. I'll be like, it's all right, that's yeah. episode one, like keep, yeah. keep going. As Mike Tyson says, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face. And then <laughs> your plan's gotta change. Your plan's gotta change.
1: And people love to go back to the original episodes to see what it was like. So yeah. that's your first, you know, rough try. That's okay. Yeah. Everybody has it.
0: Go back and watch the first episode of Cheers. It sucked. It was it was <laughs> it was really weird. That like Norm got drunk and they had to like carry him out of the bar. Like no. that Yeah, I swear to God. You oh can look God. it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um what what else? What else haven't we mentioned before we go? Or have we have we covered it?
1: I think we covered it. The last thing that I wanted everybody to know is that if you go to inacobony.com slash one year, O-N-E year, right? Um, That's a gift that I have for all of your listeners where they're going to see my salary replacement one year roadmap. And these are basically a compilation of the lessons that I teach my clients because you're not going to be able to replace your salary in a year without understanding and living by these lessons, okay? This is what this is what you need to believe. The first three months, this is what happens later. You want to go and get it, but to, you have to spell my name right, okay? It yep. ends in e y i n a c o v e n e y dot right. com slash one year, all spelled out o n e.
0: That's a secret website that you wouldn't know unless uh, Ina just gave it to you. Exactly. So thank you for giving it to our listeners here at the, at the Boston Podcast. And uh, where can people find you? that you prefer they go to your Facebook I mean, we mentioned a couple of things here but go yeah. to your Facebook page or, or Twitter Instagram any of that business or oh,
1: whoever wants to join the Facebook group that's where I do the most of my teaching the most I actually record my podcast episodes live on Facebook every week so that's where you're going to get the most out of it my my Facebook group are my peeps yeah okay so if you want well to I and-
0: just applied for membership in the group just as you were walking in this morning oh, yeah. my membership says it's pending so I hope I did okay today well, if I'm you let he- me in the group I- I'm
1: here Talking to you right now, but if I had gotten that, I would have approved. You right away. <laughs> so, you. yeah, so if you want to go to my Facebook group, it's called Trailblazing Out of Corporate Life for High Achievers and Go Getters. And if you just want a short link, because you already know how to spell my name, yes. you just go to slash Facebook.
0: Inakoveni, you're awesome. Thanks so much for being here on the Boston podcast. We will have to have you back. Will you come back sometime? Oh,
1: absolutely, we're, Dave. This we're, is so fun.
0: We're podcast brothers and sisters, so we absolutely have to have you back. Here to uh, Pod617.com, Boston Podcast Network. We have studios here in Westwood. By the way, if you want your own podcast, you could be the next big podcast star. You could be the next Ina. Who knows? And we can produce your podcast right here in our Westwood studios. So go to Pod617.com. Find out how to do that. Thanks again to our friends at Adori. Download the Adori app. Go to the App Store, A-D-O-R-I. It's a fun way to listen and consume podcasts in a way that you never have before. And finally, thanks to our sponsor, the U.S. Postal Service usps.com slash careers is where you find all the info about careers at the post office on behalf of Ina my name is Dave I'm just a guy from Boston but if you're not from Boston you must be the other guy have a great day everybody
1: you must be the other guy nice doing business with you